Why would, why would we say that Christmas is about staying in the presence of God and staying on holy ground? Because we really believe that Christmas is more than a cute story. It's uh, God who is beyond all we can imagine becoming here. And there was a time where people were standing in the physical presence of God. That's, that's what we believe about the Christmas story, that God became a man. And I know all of you... Uh, Whenever you look at my outlines, you say, man, I hope he goes through every single point he's got on there. <laughs> but in case there's one or two of you who are prepared for that, uh, let, me just, uh, let me just summarize a couple things. And if you just can't resist, you can go online this week and you can find out maybe they fill in the blanks. But we really believe that Christmas uh, uh, is an expression of God's plan being a better plan uh, because Christmas not only gives us hope, it gives us an expression of God's love, but it gives us joy. And what is joy? Well, we really believe that joy, depending on how you define happiness, it has to be more than happiness because happiness is dependent upon happenings. And sometimes things aren't happy in terms of the circumstances we go through, what other people go through. So happiness has to be that which someone, or joy has to be that which cannot be taken from us. And if you look at those who have gone through the pages of Scripture as our spiritual heroes, they were not perfect, but they were our heroes, you you recognize that because of their relationship with God, they had, a, they had a joy about their life that was not dependent upon what was taken from them. And there, there's examples in contemporary Christianity about those who've been in prison for their faith and everything taken from them, their clothes, edible food, their freedom, and, and still they said they had a joy because they had that which Christmas promises. And what I want to say today in terms of defining you know, joy, joy is fullness of life. Because no matter what happens to you, you can still have fullness of life. You, you can delight in life and have gladness you know, for life. Because in the midst of whatever you go through, that, that God's presence is always there. And that's what the choir sang about. We stand, we sit, we walk, we move in a planet that you cannot physically see God. But you can know that, that God has invaded history because of Christmas. So that we can know this unknowable God... Uh, in a knowing, knowing way because God made himself known. So really, where does joy come from? True joy comes from, and, and this, is, this is so simple this morning, but it's, it's profound because unless it's true, it means nothing. Uh, joy, true joy, comes from knowing the Lord. And in the scripture, the, the, the message of Christmas is so clear about God when he sent his son. Uh, the purpose for that was announcement of, of joy. In Luke chapter 10, 2, verses 10 11, it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. There's some, there some words in the original language that are kind of really interesting. The word for great here is the word mega. He just didn't bring a certain, uh, you know, small portion of the joy that God wants us to experience. He gave us great joy, mega joy. 
And why? Because it was found in person. For today in the city of David, there is born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Uh, we've encouraged those who have uh, been reading through our Advent readings uh, to take uh, those characters and events that lead up to the, the fulfillment of God's promise to, to, to deliver the promised one. And, and throughout all those uh, events in, in recorded for us in, in God's truth, the Bible, it describes how, how people came to the realization that in the midst of all that is said about who God might be, there is only one God. And whether it was Elijah fighting the prophets of Baal, which is the story for this particular day in your readings, uh, there, there came a point where, where people who were skeptics wondering, where, where is God? I don't see him. I don't see this ground being particularly holy. But as God manifested himself, and, and there in Elijah's time, there was a miraculous thing that he did. And the conclusion was, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And so Christmas is an announcement of joy, but it's only experienced when you come to that conclusion, well, what do you believe about Jesus? Is he God? And he, is he Lord? And is he your God? And is he your Lord? We know uh, that the Bible's plain that, that joy comes in the Lord. Not in our circumstances, but in the Lord. As Paul was in prison, he said, rejoice in the Lord. For again, I say, rejoice. So where does joy come in at Christmas? It comes from, from knowing the Lord. But I, I just want to share with you one other brief observation as the Bible kind of explains how we get joy, is that joy also comes from, bringing, from your life bringing joy to others. And that's betrayed so much in Jesus, but it's betrayed in our life as well. As, as I mentioned to you, know, sometimes we don't sense God with our physical senses. That doesn't mean he's not there. In a book in which it's all about God, this, this book that I'm holding, uh, and this one book has 66 individual books within it. There's one book that's rather unique in that in its entire account of what had happened, God is not mentioned once, and that's the book of Esther. But where God is not mentioned, he seems to be silent, and he's not seen, they can't look at him, God is everywhere in what is happening around them. And Esther comes to a point in her life where she has to decide. Uh, you, you say you believe in God, well, then, then live it out. And if you live it out, you'll experience fullness of life, a gladness in life, a delight for life, because your life will make a difference in other people's life. And so his, her uncle Mordecai comes to her and says, maybe God brought you to where you are for such a time as this. And she became a source of great joy to others. You know, Jesus said something that wasn't recorded in the four Gospels, but it was recorded in the book of Acts. And he said, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the word blessed there could be translated joy. It is more joyful when you come to realize that that simple thing that sometimes you hear in Sunday school that has a profound uh, truth about it, that what is joy? It's, it's Jesus first, knowing the Lord. It's others second, using your life to be a source of joy to others, and then you will receive that joy, and yourself third. And really, that's what Jesus did. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, 
Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy, for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, Jesus' greatest joy was not what people did for him, but what he did for others. In fact, he says that he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And his greatest source of joy was going to the cross to suffer for us, but even more so to take on the penalty of our sin, that we could experience a true relationship with the one and only true God. So this Christmas, we, we want your, your Christmas to be filled with hope. We want your Christmas to be filled with love. We want your Christmas to be filled with joy. But let's be clear. The source of it comes from knowing the Lord. Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. And so they had the privilege of, of walking in the presence of God, seeing him physically, do the miraculous. And as we've heard it sung this morning, to, to, to recognize, look, he rose from the dead. There were no skeptics who saw Jesus who was put to death and then risen from the dead and, and appeared for 40 days in various ways and, and, and saw the reality that he is who he claimed to be. But they still had to decide, am I going to say yes or I'm going to say no? Yesterday I did a, a service for Maxine Gear, who uh, had been given many, many years in life. have heard in so many different ways the, the message of Christmas through song, through, through words of testimony, from reading of your word. But you want us to experience it. To, to come to that point where we realize none of us come to this place naturally. It only comes to this place supernaturally. And that you invite us to come to that place in our life where we settle once and for all what do we believe about Jesus and I want to give anyone here an opportunity who has not made that step to make that step to come to the point where they admit their need turn from their sin make a statement of believing Jesus Christ as the one who died on the cross on their behalf and rose again and then make a commitment and that commitment can be expressed in this way dear Lord Jesus I want to know you. Forgive me for all the wrong that I've done in my life. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I give myself fully and completely to you. And I 
pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And when you pray that prayer and really mean it, then God will do the miraculous, the greatest miracle he always does, which is changing a life on the inside and making it different on the outside. We have uh, one uh, last song we're going to sing. And as we sing that, we want you just to make this an expression of your heart to the Lord. And if you want to talk to someone about what it means to know Christ further, we invite you just to stick around and, and we'll, we'll talk to you further about it. But after our service is concluded, we are going to be sharing something about what has ha happened this last week.